Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Hey girls, happy Woman Crush Wednesday. You know, I dropped my episode intentionally on Wednesdays because WCW and I'm crushing on all the ladies because I just love us. Okay, we're fabulous. We're amazing trendsetters, goal setters, and just so many amazing things. So I love all of you and thank you so much for listening. And you know, that's a little affirmation for you, but you know, I do have to get into the affirmation today before we get into this amazing episode all about trying to be a badass boss wife, all right? So today's I am affirmation is, I am open and prepared for a healthy relationship. Repeat that to yourself. I am open and prepared for a healthy relationship. Now to be real, I think a lot of women want that, straight up, okay? There are so many women following me on Instagram. Thank you so much at I am Ashley Caprice and at Go Girl Movement. I've been posting these silly reels and whatnot. And a lot of women identify and they relate with it. You know, they they relate to different posts that I have about narcissists or posts that I have about the man saying he wants everything. A woman who is talking to his friends about him, who is loving him, who's being intimate with him, going out with him and all of these things, but he isn't really committing to them. And you know, it kind of boggles my mind that we all have been there and can still identify with it, but know that we deserve better, right? We know we deserve better, but I feel like to be truly open and prepared for a healthy relationship, we have to show up as that for ourselves. Like, are you a healthy and open woman? So that you could attract a man who's also healthy and open. I think when women want to prepare to be a wife, a lot of times they're thinking, oh, well, I cook, I clean, I know how to take care of the bills, take care of the kids, stuff like that. And that's great. A lot of women can do that. But how is your character, right? How is your mindset? Do you take accountability? Do you apologize when you do something wrong? You know, do you shut down instead of speak up? That's something that I've learned within the past year. Like I need to stop stonewalling and giving a silent treatment. I need to speak up if something's really bothering me when I'm dating and it's helped me out, (laughs) right? So it's about you knowing what you want from a partner and you becoming that person first. If you know that a man who is going to be vulnerable and be real and want commitment, you have to know what type of woman he's going to attract. If you want that to be you, you got to know, okay, well, I am a woman who's willing to commit. I am a woman. I'm taking care of business over here. I'm grown. I'm not playing games with myself. He needs to know that. If I'm not playing games games with myself, he's going to know, oh, okay, she's not going to play games with me. And then I think a lot of women are attracted to the bad boy or are used to chaos in toxic relationships, but there are some good, nice men out there. All right. But when you get that, I don't want you sitting around like, oh, he's too nice. Oh my gosh, he's so nice. Or he's boring. Oh my goodness. I'm bored because you're used to that adrenaline rush. You're used to that up and down and dysfunction in a relationship. You're used to 
not knowing if this person is going to commit and, and keeping you on your toes and you know this person not being consistent and you're used to arguing all the time so when something is healthy and real then you're like I'm bored girl no sometimes that's called I'm healthy <laughs> I'm in something healthy so I'm saying all of this because today's episode is all about really preparing you for marriage, you know, or if you're dating seriously, exclusively, and you are on that path to marriage, then you'll definitely want to tune into this episode. If you're already married and you're trying to figure out how to spice things up, how to get that communication back together, then this is definitely the episode for you. Okay. But I would just want you to be ready for it. So again, today's affirmation, I am open and prepared for a healthy relationship. I am open and prepared for a healthy relationship. Prepare yourself, prepare your mind, prepare your spirit, prepare your finances, prepare your heart, prepare your soul, prepare your body, prepare yourself, prepare your your business, prepare everything so that you're already ready and you just show up as your whole healthy self, okay? So today's guest, I'm so excited to talk to her because she is someone that I found on Instagram. We followed each other. We connected. We liked a lot of each other's posts. And I'm like, ah, I had to get you on, okay? So Casey Thompson, she is a badass boss, wife, mom of two, and she's passionate about helping others successfully manage change both personally and professionally. She is the author of The Hitched Bitch's Guide to Going from Fiance to Badass Boss Wife. That's what I'm talking about. After getting engaged to the man of her dreams and struggling herself during the transition from single to married, she conducted seven years of research, interviewed experts in the field of marriage and family, and developed a five-step personal transformation management process to provide women with an approach to managing and understanding their emotions on this journey towards marriage. Casey wants her readers to take a different approach to marriage by encouraging women to tap in to their inner bitch, all while embracing their emotions to become their best selves and happy, healthy Wives, you are going to love Casey. So let's get into some girl talk. Welcome to the Go Girl Podcast, Casey. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up? Hey. hey. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I just, you have so much great positive energy on your social media. Just be sure to follow her at The Hitched Bitch, okay? Because she posts her reels and so much great information, all discussing like ways we might sabotage relationships or ways to prepare for marriage. So I just wanted to get her on here because your videos are so cute and fun with your music, you're bobbing your head, and then you share awesome information. So I'm like, I have to get her on a podcast. <laughs> I'm honored that you would even think enough of me to have me on your podcast. So I'm a huge fan of your work as well. So thank you. So we're going to jump into it because um, the hitch bitch, it derives from you being married and getting into your relationship and, and having it was it like a challenging transition from singlehood to marriage life. And let's talk about that and how this whole brand got started. Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, I don't know if we're going to have enough time to talk about, <laughs> about everything. Um, but but yeah, um, it was a a very challenging transition um, for me. And I know that you know a lot of women kind of feel that you know once you're you're dating and you feel really confident in who you're with that 
you're not going to have any second guessing. You're going to feel you know, completely comfortable, you know, with your um, decision. But that was for me, it was a major transition and major change. And because of that, I didn't want other women to have to go through that emotional transition that I did. And so I literally, you know, wanted to find a way that I could make a larger impact. And what I realized is that again, through my challenging journey, it was something that I kind of felt like I had to deal with by myself. I realized that in being more open, being more transparent um, and talking to other women, that other women were having similar challenges. So um, what happened was I said, you know, I'm going to start talking to this group of women, this group of women, I'm going to talk to these experts. And so um, over the course of um, a six to seven year span, collected a series of qualitative, quantitative um, interviews with a lot of insights from industry experts, from women like you, like me, in terms of just their dating journeys, being engaged, women that had been remarried, so maybe they were on your second or third marriage, so a real diverse range of women um, in terms of what they were doing to better align themselves to be prepared for, for marriage. Um, and I also wanted to do something that was a little bit different. Hence the whole hitch bitch, you know, it's a yes. little, little edgy, but I, I wanted this to be something that was honest, something that was real, something that was, you know, raw in your face, you know, because I think that, you know, a lot of times, especially when it comes to social media and just the time that we're in, people, you know, still want to put up that, that front. They've got it all together. And, you know, optics is what sells on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, you know, and a lot of times you've got couples and you've got individuals that seem like they've got everything together, but they really don't. And so part of the Hitch Bitch brand is really being able to be honest with ourselves as women through our whole transition and journey and also have our partners be the same, you know, and it, it requires you to have to be uncomfortable um, to be able to move forward and be able to build those foundations for, for a healthy relationship. So, so that's it. It's a little bit, it's a little different, but the hitch bitch, it really requires you to do some of that work that is not so optics driven or just kind of that tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Right. I, I hear you. So many people have great images on social media. Like, uh, I'm sure we've all been there. Like you post a picture and it's like, shoot, I just argued with this man, but I posted this photo and I don't even like him right now. He's getting on my nerves, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's like not real. So I like that you're having those honest conversations. And speaking of that, being honest and whatnot, you, you said a few things actually. What are some uncomfortable conversations that people should have before getting married, taking that step, or even before getting in like a serious relationship, serious long-term relationship? So I think two things. So if you are looking to get into a, we'll just say a long-term relationship, I think the most important question a woman can ask is, what would you like? What, what, are you, what are you looking for out of this relationship? I think that as, as women, and I say that in the very beginning stages, because as women, I think sometimes we're a little bit too afraid or cautious because we don't want to seem like we're being too pushy or aggressive to kind of put labels or try to figure out where things are going, especially if it's just a couple months in. But um, one thing that I found with a lot of the women that I've interviewed and that I've worked with before is that it's really 
being strategic with who you're engaging. So if you have a man that you, that you've met and he's just like, yeah, you know, we're, we're just chilling. We'll just kind of go with the flow. Like you don't have time to go with the flow. <laughs> right. No, we ain't got time for that. Oh, look, especially if you're looking to build something that's long-term. So, so first and foremost, I'll say this, not everyone is interested in marriage. So people, you know, if you want to find a long-term partner, that might be much more well-suited for some, but if you are looking to get married, like you need to know, you know, is this guy just kind of dating to just casually date? Is he looking to build something? So I would say that's the most important question is finding out, you know, what they're looking for, for a relationship, you know? And I think saying that, you know, if you're vibing with that person, certainly, you know, early on, like I wouldn't wait till six months or a year to kind of say, all right, well, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> are you me? Are you feeling me? Like, cause then you're in this weird gray space. Right. And when you're married um, or when you, when you're engaged and you're about to transition into getting married, I think that the key question um, that a woman needs to kind of ask is what, what are you envisioning our marriage to be? What do you want? Are you looking at this for the long haul? Because there are some people that, they're like, yeah, let's get married, but they're okay with having divorce as a backup. So you don't want to go into something with a partner that's like, all right, well, you know, we can be married for like five years. And if it works, it works. If not, we'll, we'll just divorce. You want to know, all right, this person is somebody that if we run into some challenges, mm -hmm. he is willing to work with me, yes. you know, or I'm willing to work with him over that long haul period. Um, so you, you definitely want to make sure that you understand what their expectations are. Like once you get married, like, okay, well, this is great. What are you expecting in that first couple of years for that newlywed phase? Um, when are you expecting kids to come into the mix? How do we expect to kind of manage that? What's the finances going to look like? So it kind of builds, but um, making sure you're having those really challenging questions up front and not waiting, thinking that they'll just work themselves out the farther you you move on down the road in your relationship. Because sometimes I do think that women they do wait. Like you said, they don't want the person to run off or they don't want to appear too aggressive. But what I'm finding is it's so much better to have those conversations in the beginning before the feelings get too deep, because then you're more nervous about having those conversations. So like, get it out, you know, set the tone, let them know that you're serious from the beginning and then just see what happens. And, and for the most part, you'll get some honest answers and it's like, okay, well, this isn't for me or all right, well, let's see where we can go from here, you know? And I think it's also important for women to hear what men are saying. Yeah. Because men will tell you up front, like, hmm, I'm just kind of trying to see how things are going. Like they will, they will tell you they're not ready to commit. But a lot of times I think as women, we hear that as, well, they don't want to commit yet. Now. <laughs> now, yeah. Yet. Yeah, yet to me. So maybe I'll wait it out. Like, He's telling you exactly, you know, what, what he's looking for. So just, I would say, I would encourage women to be really mindful. Be mindful. Really, really listen. Just be quiet sometimes, ladies. We don't have all the answers. Sometimes, you know, they're, they're really telling us what they want, what they don't want. You know, if they're interested or not, like, listen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are some red flags that people miss before getting married? That is a good one. So I think a couple of things, boundaries. I know we, you talk about boundaries all the time, but yes, girl. Um, 
I would say that like, again, a lot of times people think as soon as you get married that, that the switch is going to go off and you're going to be like in marriage mode, but just realize that the way you operate while you're dating is the same thing that's going to carry over when you're actually married and in mm-hmm. on that long-term committed relationship. So, you know, I would say first and foremost, um, a red flag would be how he kind of treats you and respects your boundaries um, while you're dating. You know, is it something that it always seems like it it's my way or the highway? Does he always kind of feel like, well, here's another thing with, with family, he might feel like family or friends can kind of come and go or can alter plans you know, that maybe you guys have um, in place. That's just kind of one very high level example. But, you know, that might be something that you might say, okay, I can kind of deal with that while we're dating. But like when you get married, can you deal with somebody that doesn't respect that you need to maybe have your personal space, you know, for X amount of time, you know, Mm -hmm. for hours (laughs) during the week, you know? Um, And I see this all the time. Um, with with women, again, that I've interviewed and that I work with that, you know, they're upset that, well, the family is always over here, or he's always doing X, Y, Z, or we're never doing this. And I'm like, well, if he did this while you were were dating, well, I didn't think it was going to be an issue, but Mm. yeah, you know, so, so I think that's one is someone that ignores the boundaries that you have set or doesn't want to understand why you have them or why you might need them in place. So that's number one. Um, The second red flag I would say would be someone that is not going to support you on what your professional journey or personal passion journey is. And I am huge on that because the hitch bitch is literally like my baby, my passion project to be able to give back to women. but by day, I'm, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a business transformation change management consultant. So um, I work within the public and private sectors, helping people through major transitions, mostly on the IT front of the house. But saying all that to say, I took my skills and passions that I have from a work perspective um, on my nine to five, and I've been able to apply them um, mm-hmm. to this passion work in terms of being able to help women transition from single to engaged to married. But saying all that to say, I needed a partner that was able to see my vision and support me and not be discouraging and say, Mm -hmm. no, you can't do that, or you shouldn't do that, or you're a mom of two kids, you need to focus your time on building our family. Um, My husband Gilbert knows that this is extremely important to me. So I would say first and foremost, having somebody that you know up front is going to support you with if that's a red flag if they're not then again strongly consider um, an individual that that's not going to um, support you on your journey and then i would say that the third red flag it is about i'll say very high level finances if a guy is not stable with employment if his spending is frivolous, if he's too frugal with his money, um, if you all don't feel comfortable kind of talking about what each other's debt is, how you plan on tackling that, what you plan on investing in, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, out of the, there's a a ton of different things that couples can have challenges and issues with that lead to divorce. Um, But along with compatibility from like a sexual standpoint, just general compatibility or infidelity, finances is within that top three for 
yeah, in terms of having challenges that can impact individuals potentially moving towards divorce. And that's something else that you can see while you are just dating someone. You can see if they are being responsible and taking care of their business and their bills rather than trying to take me out. Like, I'm like, look, if you got to take care of your business, take care of that rather than yes. us going on a date. Or if we, if you insist, you really want to hang out, then let's do something pretty cheap. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I'm cheap, but maybe yeah. this week we can just go to the beach or get some ice cream and take a walk rather than you trying to wine and dine. Like I understand your situation, but again, like you said, it comes with being honest. And those are things you should notice in the dating stage instead of them trying to impress you. Cause that's not going to last long. If you're just trying to impress someone. Not at all. Not at all. And I think, you know, again, I think for men, sometimes they feel like they have a certain image that they want to be able to portray that they can provide and they can support. Right. But I think that there's also strength and admiration for a man that can be honest and say, you know, maybe I am not making what I want to make to be able to take you out, but here are the things I can do. Mm -hmm. uh, or a man that maybe is working to save and is trying to kind of be a little bit, you know, mindful. But I think you don't have to get like these, you know, even though we love the flashy dates, I won't, you know, say that we don't, just making sure that they're being mindful of that, mm -hmm. you know. I, I also think that it's so important that people talk about their debt. You know, you need to know what people are coming into the relationship with, you know, and if your partner has, you know, a ton of student loans or just credit card debt, you know, not that that means you won't get married to that person. I just think that it allows you all to know what are we going into? What debts are we going to have to pay to make sure that we can live a comfortable lifestyle. You know, if you're trying to purchase a house, right. how do we make sure everyone's credit score, you know, it is good so we can get a good rate. So just thinking more broadly and not short term, it's to me less about the, the, the wedding experience yes. that we see so much about where you have these lavish weddings, but then it's like, you're going back and you're like, all right, I have 40,000 to pay for a wedding day, you know, that is over with now. Right. But, you know, how, how am I going to pay this when maybe I could have better used my money to invest um, or put that toward a property or whatever the case might be to build our marriage? Yes, be smart about it and have those uncomfortable conversations because they are necessary conversations for sure. Yeah. It'll save you in the long run. So I did want to talk about self-sabotage. Yes. Like, What are some ways that people, I'm pretty sure sabotaging could come from the, the fear of being hurt or, you know, just trying to protect yourself and whatnot. Like if women are listening and they have something good, what are some ways that people typically self-sabotage when they're in relationships? Okay. No, this is good. Cause I consider myself the queen. Like I'm a, I think I'm like a former queen. I've probably passed my crown to other women, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I was the queen of self-sabotage with my relationship. Um, I've gone to therapy, been in therapy. I am a huge advocate of therapy. So, um, I had my personal therapist, um, that I went to while I was engaged. Um, and then we also did premarital counseling. So I just want to kind of put that in the background before I share um, what my self-sabotage journey was. So um, one thing that I realized is that when women, when we find something good, like we're scared of it, we'll be like, yes, 
I've got this amazing man. He's so fine. He, he works, he cooks, he does like, it's like, you're like, it's too good to be true. And you're just like waiting (laughs) for like everything to come crashing down. Like guilty. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) But hold on. We were probably, I share crown myself. Huh. No, I'm passing it to someone else now. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you pass it along. Well, we, well, actually, we don't want to pass it along. Pass it. I'm sharing this because I just want us as women to know that we, as long as we're aware of our thought processes, correct, doing which I didn't realize. But first and foremost, I didn't know how to feel joy. I was so used to seeing toxic relationships between my mom and dad, um, with family members, um, you know, just kind of seeing that then with the guys that I dated, I was used to guys that would either talk down to me, were very manipulative, Mm -hmm. um, or just weren't up to par, but I was just kind of like, well, at least I'm not by myself type Mm. of thing. And so when my husband came along, I was just like, I was like, what's going on? Like, who are you? Like, you know, like literally like, how can this be? Like, I just kept waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm like, you, you can't want to help me and not want nothing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm unused to this, you know? So I would say, first of all, first and foremost was allowing me, my self-sabotaging nature was not allowing myself to take each relationship as its own. And my husband had to like literally climb a mountain to like be able to kind of break down that barrier because I just, it was so hard for me to accept and feel joy in a relationship. Mm. So I think that we as women, when we realize that if something's making us happy, just being present in the moment and being like, this person makes me happy and not worried about, all right, well, is he going to like leave me in six months? Is he going to cheat on me? Is he going to do X, Y, Z? And so that was, that was one self-sabotaging thing is I didn't want to allow myself to feel joy and happiness. I was also fearful at the time of losing my identity because I had seen women in my own life, including my mom, just kind of put her dreams to the side. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to do this, you know, because do I want to get married and then put my dreams and passions to the side to marry a man? You know, so then that was something my husband, my now husband Gilbert had to fight against because he's like, no, be you. Yes. You know, grow. I want to support you. And I was like, but I don't trust. Right. Are you really this good? You're too good to be true. So yeah, so it, it was just, you know, that, that fear of, of that component. Um, I didn't want to leave my girlfriends. Hmm. has none of them had any like relationships that were really moving in the how do I say this moving towards that marriage realm so I was kind of like do I want to leave them behind like mm-hmm. I'm like we're all happy we're doing happy hours we're we're traveling like we're living our best lives and I was like but I'm gonna leave them like so how am I gonna maintain who I am I'm gonna leave him is this guy too good to be true um, you know, and so there was a lot uh, that I was that I was dealing with. And so saying all that to say, it wasn't until I went to therapy um, and started working with my therapist that she helped me realize that it was all in my thought process that, mm-hmm. you know, which it, which is hard, you know, because yeah. when you're so 
when you're so used to being around toxic relationships, seeing it, you're like, can this really be different for me? What mm -hmm. makes me special? And so it literally just had, I had to just say, you know what, I'm going to take a chance. Like this man loves me. I believe what he says, but I also realized that it was up to me to be able to dictate the life that I wanted. So I wouldn't lose my identity because of my husband. I would lose my identity um, and not be able to do things that I love because I chose to do that. Like he's not saying you can't write your exactly. Can't go out like he's not doing that so it was to me changing that frame of mindset that i had that control and that it was a partnership but ultimately saying all this to say i really think with women it's just it's us just choosing joy you know a lot of times and i'll say it's joy with people that other people may not necessarily get or understand because people sometimes will say, well, that doesn't look like the man you would be with. I thought you would be with so-and-so. Mm -hmm. It's not up to them. You could be with somebody that's completely opposite. Maybe they're the exact same as you, but if they get you and they make you happy, like, please, I will take that any day. And I have, you know, I've been with yes. Almost 10 years. So, and got two kids that are driving us up a wall, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. That's such a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for sharing that. Absolutely. And, and, oh, so many points to touch on. Um, even with that, with you saying like, okay, this might not be the person that you all thought, but you know, like this is the person that's making me feel good and it is different, but it feels good. It brings you joy, brings you peace. And those are all things that matter. It's not like you mentioned earlier, the optics is not, it's not about what it looks like on the outside. It's about how I'm feeling on the inside. And you realize that you needed to feel great on the inside for yourself and before like really taking on that journey. But there are a couple of videos that you had up that uh, I, I want to discuss so you had a part one and two for this video, reasons you're not ready to get married. <laughs> uh, everyone thinks like, you know, I'm, I'm goals, you know, I'm wifey material over here. I'm husband material over here. Anyone yeah. want me? Okay. I, I know how to cook. Yeah. I know how to clean. I look good. Like what, you know, like all of those things, yeah. which is good, but there are layers to this. Okay. So what are some reasons just you could give me three I know you had two videos with multiple answers but you can give me three reasons why someone might not be ready to get married not saying that they're never going to get married because they can if they work through it but what are some ways that they are not prepared for marriage and then some ways that they can prepare for marriage okay gotcha gotcha so I think first and foremost is you know, there are, again, I think we're so driven now by like an optics perspective is that you think it looks that you're more focused on just having somebody to say, oh, that's my wife. That's my husband. Right. And you're so focused on creating this appearance that you are a well sought after catch. Somebody has caught you. It, it kind of adds to your bucket of quote accomplishments. There's a lot of women and men that feel like it doesn't matter if you have a PhD, PhD, you know what I'm saying? You could have, you know, two, you know, crazy advanced degrees, you know, but, um, and, and be, you know, very, you know, accomplished. But if you don't have a significant other, people are just kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, you, you've got all these, but nobody married you. So right. it's like, all right, 
type of thing. So you you still have those people that do have that that perception. So I think that it's you know yes, I I love watching all the amazing you know videos and proposals and stuff like that you know on Instagram you know. However, there's a lot behind the scenes. So you know my thing is it's one thing to say you want to have that relationship. It's another thing to say I'm going to fully commit to that person and everything that comes with them because marriage is not some pretty glamorous thing, you know, like after we're done with this podcast, I'm going to probably be folding laundry for hours, you know, (laughs) you know, getting dinner ready with my husband, you know what I'm saying? Like there, it's not like this glamorous thing all the time, right? but you know, there's a lot of work and then you've got the kids that you throw into the mix. So saying all that to say, like, you know, one reason is if you're, you're focused on that, that optics component. Two, I would say, um, if you're not clear on what that long-term relationship is going to look like, if you can't say, I really want to do this for the long-term and not just like five years, not like a Kim Kardashian marriage, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got to be like, all right, like, all right, is this person in it for the long haul? And then the third component is really thinking about children. I've got a lot of um, women, actually some that I did interview for the book, they weren't sure if they wanted to have children. And then they ended up getting married and now they've ended up deciding to split because that was something that they couldn't come to an agreement on. But they kind of thought maybe I'll come around or my husband won't necessarily want that as much. He'll kind of chill out on that request. So again, if you're not clear on once you agree to get married, what you actually want, like, what's this, like, it's not just the optics, first and foremost, you know, it's being able to understand that, you know, if a person wants kids, like, making sure you understand that, like, you may not be ready if they say that they want them, Mm -hmm. they likely want them. I'm gonna throw another one in there, is that if you feel like you can't have really honest, vulnerable conversations with your partner, And that can be anything from finances to what I shared in terms of some of the challenges that I had, you know, while dating, you know, dealing with, you know, your past, you know, somebody has to be willing to listen and receive that. And if they're not allowing, if they only want to take present you and not all your baggage that you come with, like that's a problem. But in terms of getting yourself ready, I say that it's a 50-50 game, 50-50 partnership in this. Like there's always so much talk about all the work we as women need to do to get ourselves ready. Men need to do the same thing. Tell it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like we both went to premarital counseling, but there were things that my husband had to be able to, you know, work on. Like I said, the patience component for him, like that was a big struggle point because I was like, you're not going to force me to have kids. Not till I feel ready. I don't right. care what you want. Like I must feel ready to have kids. And so he was like, all right, got my patience. I'm going to wait, mm-hmm. I'll wait, I'm going to wait. Boom. We ended up having two little ones. Yes. So, but again, for me as a woman, I was like, I knew going into the marriage, he wanted to have kids. I was open to having kids too, but I wanted to make sure that it was on my terms. And when I was ready, because you can't have somebody force you into that boat because right. It's not going to end. It's not mm-hmm. going to end well. So, you know, saying all that to say, like doing that work, I think also one thing that I talk a whole lot about in the Hitch Bitches Guide is being aware of who you are as a woman, you know, and it's not just like this whole self-love, like, you know, do I do my self-care days? Do I carve out time? 
all of that is important, but it's really understanding who you are, what makes you tick, what do you want sexually, what do you need emotionally, what do you need financially, what do you, what, what, how do you want your marriage to be designed? So I'll, I'll, I'll give this example to you. So um, in our household, there's no roles for anything. So my husband, Gilbert, excellent cook. Like when I tell you amazing, amazing, but it's not that he's like, well, even though I know how to cook, I'm not cooking. Like mm-hmm. I'll let Casey do that. Like, no, if I'm busy, he's like, you know what? I'll do the cooking. Yeah. I'll do the laundry. He knows how to do our daughter's hair, you know? So I think that that's important. Also upfront, finding out what your partner who you're dating, are they comfortable doing that? Like, you know, I was like, because I'm not going to be able to carry everything. You're going into a marriage, you need some sort of partnership. So sometimes those are questions you need to ask. If we have a little girl, are you willing to, you know, do bath time with her? Are you willing to do her hair? Are you willing to do laundry? Will you cook? Will you, will you go pick up the kids? And I see a lot of times in relationships, a lot of times the women feel like they've got the bulk of the duties. And Mm. so they're overwhelmed. They feel like they're not getting supported emotionally. Then you've got the men that feel like they're not being supported emotionally, but it all starts from what were you guys doing when you were dating? What did you talk about when you were engaged? And so being able to kind of identify what that looks like and having that clear intersection or point to kind of say, all right, this is what is expected, that is also going to help. So I know I kind of went a a roundabout way, but these are key conversations and things that you should be thinking about before you even walk down the aisle, but being aware, you know, of what you need and being aware, your partner also being aware of who he is. It's key. I love all of that. All of that. Those are all like real conversations and whatnot. Uh, The gender roles is so important because- I would feel like I am in a partnership. So you're my partner. Some days I might be tired. I might cook better, but I might be tired. Like, can can he pick up the slack or is he so conditioned with the gender roles that he's like, well, sorry, you, sorry, you tired, but we still got to eat. So what you cooking, you know, like, what are you going to go buy us? And it's like, you know, that's when women can become so exhausted and then, Men, same thing. Like you said, they have needs as well. So it's like, okay, how does your partner need you to show up for him? Is it being there emotionally? He's having a bad day at work. Is he able to vent to you and you breathe some life back into him and still make him feel like the king that he is, you know? Um, It's all of that, you know? Or he he just wants a massage or something. Like what ways do your partner feel good and feel better? And what can you do to make him feel good and better? And of course, like you mentioned, okay, it's it's about our own self-love, self-care. That's great. But you know, if we are in this partnership, how are we going to make each other better instead of draining each other, making each other exhausted and and feeling like resentment? Because I just want some help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, look, he's running ball or he's out at the gym or he's playing golf or at Home Depot. And then you're like, literally like struggling. Yeah. So so, yeah. And and in balance. Yeah. Yeah. There's some benefits to having self-sabotaging nature because it does spawn more conversation, but it really allowed me to dive deep and talk to him about why I had my concerns. I was like, I don't want to 
carry all of this burden. I saw my mom do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely won't do it. I will not. I, I want to marry you, but I won't. If I, if I feel that that's the type of marriage that you would be looking for, where I would be doing 80% of the share, um, it's like, I, I just won't. But I was very clear upfront of the expectation. So before we wrap things up, I do want to talk about your five-step personal transformation management class or course. It's a course, right? Oh, no, it's no course. It's um, it's just, it's in the book, in the Hitch Bitches Guide book. Okay, so, okay, perfect. Yeah, so yeah. talk to me more about your book, what people can expect from the Hitch Bitched book and um, and how they can purchase it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the Hitch Bitches Guide, um, it's available on Amazon um, as well as Barnes & Noble. So feel free to get it. Um, also, if you want an autographed copy from the author, you can feel free to DM me at um, the Hitch Bitch on um, Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but not as active. Um, so so feel free to reach out to me and then I can actually send you a, a, a actual signed copy with message if, if that's what you all want. But in terms of the, the book itself, So the book is really highlighting how I have integrated organizational change management, which is what I do in business transformation um, by day, and how I've taken what is honestly a business methodology or approach to work um, with my clients. And I've basically been able to adapt that in a way to help women transition. So it's actually rooted in, in business principles. Um, So if you're a person that likes to have some sort of high level process to kind of say, all right, how do I kind of have something that's flexible, but something that I can kind of focus on? That's what the book entails. So there's every, all the research, all of the stories, they tackle everything from being self-aware to work-life balance, to career, to communication, to family dynamics. And all of it is tied in with advice from experts, different facts um, from different resources, advice from myself, and also some advice from women that went through it, but have some lessons learned um, on on the back end. So in terms of the process, so it really focuses on just giving yourself time to, in the first step, be able to explore, you know, and so that's just as women being able to sit out there, go out, date, think outside of the box, because a lot of times I think we get stuck in our ways. We think we know who we should be with, and we're not giving men the opportunity that may not necessarily fall within the typical spectrum or idea of who we think we want to be Mm -hmm. with. If you ask me like Gilbert, I mean, yes, he's fine and I love him, but he was not the typical guy that I would have dated. So I literally was like, oh, okay, I'll be open to dating this type of guy. And like, boom, we've been married, you know? So it worked. So, um, you know, what needs to go on in that explore stage? So it's not just about dating, but it's really about, you know, tackling, you know, um, components of yourself that you might need to work on, recognizing things like the self-sabotaging component. And then, you know, also thinking about, you know, different areas that you might want to to focus on that, you know, you need improvement on. Then it goes to um, the, the second phase, which is, okay, you found your guy, you're engaged, you're in that paradise stage of being able to plan your wedding. And so it's really just being able to enjoy it. That's one thing that, you know, someone like myself, it was kind of tricky because you're like, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? But but allow yourself to be present and feel that joy because if that's what you're looking for, 
you should be able to experience that at that level. Then we go into what I call the contemplation stage. So that's a stage that a lot of women, you know, sometimes people move out of that quickly. Other, other times they need a little bit more time because you're feeling so many emotions. You're feeling happy. You're feeling sad. You're feeling overwhelmed. You might be feeling depressed, anxiety, because, you know, you're not only planning a wedding, but you're planning your life, you know, right. with a new person. So what does he need to work on? What do you need to work on? What do you all need to say we need to fix before we actually tie the knot? And then what needs to carry over that we need to continue working on? Cause you can't just do counseling on the front, you know, and be like, Oh, we're good. We're here. Right. We're this is an ongoing process and marriage is always changing. And then the, the fourth step is you go into the transition stage where you've got tools, tactics that can be anything from something as simple as talking to your partner, journaling. It could be going to couples counseling. It could be going to individual therapy, reading books, but really taking those tools and tactics to help you um, build that solid foundation for marriage. And then the last component is happily ever after. Um, and that's not necessarily a stopping point, but it really is just, you know, allowing you to kind of be more in a steady state, but also realize that there's going to be changes along the way. Nothing in marriage is ever the same. So when we got married, like almost 10 years ago, we were different people. We didn't have any kids. (laughs) You know, now you ask us, we've got a four-year-old and we got a two-year-old, you know, we're we're still the same people, but our lives have changed um, in different ways, both good and bad. And so it's learning, how do you navigate that and use those tools that you acquired through dating, being engaged to help you on yeah. that journey. So I love that's it. in the book, yeah, to, to help women. So, so yeah. The Hitched Bitches Guide to Going yeah. from Fiance to Badass Boss Wife. Like the resources are out there for you girls, okay? So make sure you cop that and make sure you follow Casey on, especially Instagram. You're on Instagram, Facebook. Go ahead yeah. and share your social medias, by the way. Yeah. So, um, so it's um, The Hitched Bitch. Um, and I'm always on Instagram. So that's yeah. like pretty much my bread and butter. I haven't gone over to TikTok yet. Be too much to be managing, okay? Maybe one day, but but y'all can holler at me on um on IG. That's that's where I live most of the time. And that's where she gives amazing information. I do want to say go girl to you for helping women and helping us become better women so that we are prepared for a marriage because that's so important. Don't just go in like, oh, the wedding, the the glitz and glam, and it's going to be beautiful and amazing and love the wedding, but you need to be prepared for that marriage. So be sure to get over to her Instagram, follow her tips. She has so much great information and go girl to you, Casey. Thank you, Ashley. This was amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love? Ten chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.